everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Hey, Todd. Dr. Wignall, how are you? Doing great. Doing great. Good. I think, I think one day I'm going to change up the uh, intro there. I think we, say, we do say the same thing every time, and I know that I do. So it, habitual now, I'm but it's so endearing. Change it. I'm sure people is just it, love it. Is it? <laughs> I don't think that's true. I think it's it's probably annoying at some point. As soon as our podcast starts, people hit the like 30 second skip button and just go right to the. Yeah, they're like they're going to do that dumb, <laughs> Doctor Wignall. Um, I do have an interesting topic today, and you see, I see this a lot with my clients um, who struggle with anxiety, and that's the. Um, behavior of reassurance seeking. Um, and I kind of defined this in a way for myself to think about, but these are verbal or, or kind of behavioral patterns of promptest, prompting or eliciting confirmation of um, rightness, importance, security, safety, love, affection, security. I mean, the, 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 the reassurance could be about almost anything, but um, you see relationships and, and particularly people with anxiety who are constantly checking with their people around them, whether they're okay or not, you know, does this make sense? Is that right? Um, you did say that, right? Are you mad at me? Um, you still love me. You're not going to leave me. I mean, they can be really explicit or just kind of vague, but I think those behavioral, those verbal behaviors are meant to kind of elicit confirmation of, of security in some way, shape or form. Yeah, what, do you think, right? what do you think about this? Using other people to alleviate your anxiety. Yeah, it's a way to externalize your well-being, right? It, it, there's, a, there's usually an insecurity that's kind of elicited in, this, in a context where this comes up. And the insecurity or the anxiety that it introduces, you feel like I have to get external validation of this mm. or I can't feel okay. I can't be okay. Yeah, I, I almost think to get kind of like... <laughs> use economics jargon. It's like outsourcing. It's outsourcing emotional labor. I'm feeling anxious. <laughs> I don't want, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do with this. Uh, it's hard. I'm going to go ask somebody to like, tell me that it's going to be okay. Right. Or there's or, a shortcut to security here, maybe where exactly. so-and-so can just tell me that they love me and then we're good. And I don't have to worry about that anymore. Yep. Um, yeah. But I, and I think that's important because it, it's important to frame it that way because there's this, obviously, like, we, it's important to have supportive people in our life, right? In, among other reasons to kind of help us sometimes with emotional struggles and difficulties. And there's certainly, I don't think anyone would argue anything wrong with that. But there is a huge difference between occasionally relying on other people for emotional support and the compulsive habit of always looking for reassurance to deal with your own distress, yeah, I think you bring up a good point, which is reassurance from people around you is wonderful sometimes. It's, it's very comforting um, and, it, and it can, can really help in, in certain moments. But what you're saying is the dependence on it yes. in order to feel okay in any given situation, the, the idea that you must have that um, external validation in order to be okay, that gets tricky. And that's dangerous. Yeah. I think the, the cases where this, ask for getting reassurance isn't a problem is where it's occasionally offered to you and you accept it, or you ask for it every mm -hmm. once in a while 
It's nice, you know, but yeah, to your point, when you rely on, when this is your strategy for dealing with difficult feelings is using other people to tell you it's going to be okay. Um, mm-hmm. that gets really problematic. Um, and I, to yeah. me, I, I think there's kind of, in my mind, two big reasons why this is problematic. The first is it, it's, it, it's like emotional Tylenol. It works in the short term, but it doesn't do anything in the long term. In fact, it can actually make things worse, right? Cause you, you feel, you feel that relief initially, but if you think about it, if every time you feel bad, you immediately go to someone else to make it better. What are you teaching your brain? Well, one thing is you're teaching your brain. I can't handle difficult feelings. I can't handle anxiety. I can't handle uncertainty. I can't handle feeling helpless, right? I need other people to take care of these things for me. Now, if you think about it, if you repeatedly teach your brain that over and over and over again, day in and day out, like, what do you think that's going to do to your self-confidence and (laughs) self-esteem? If your brain knows that you cannot handle any kind of emotional discomfort or anxiety, right? It's, it's going to tank your confidence. You're going to feel constantly insecure and afraid, right? Because in the long term, you're telling your brain, I can't, I can't handle this. I need other people to do this. Well, and often in these situations, your tolerance for that anxiety decreases too, right? Be- mm-hmm. So Because you are teaching yourself, I can't handle that emotion. And so, you know, the glance that your wife gives you as you're passing in the hall and you go, oh, is she upset with me? And you, mm-hmm. you have to turn around and say, honey, are you okay? Do you love me? Are you okay? And they're like, yes, everything's fine. And then 10 seconds later, you're like, oh, are you okay? Do you, you know, are we, are we good? You know, or, or these are, you know, sometimes individuals like, like these, um, they enjoy these long conversations about the relationship. How are we doing? Are we doing okay? Here's how I'm feeling, you know, and they, they the idea is they're, they're looking for that assurance that everything's okay. Um, but you're right, left on a long enough timeline, um, this can even start to sabotage a relationship because the reassurance that's given isn't authentic sometimes. It, it's only being given because you're asking for it. You know, yeah, so I mean, that's the I love you that's could be really authentic if given voluntary. You know, now is, is the, the other person almost feels compelled to tell you how they feel so that you'll be okay. And that can sour a relationship as well. Our thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of What Would My Shrink Say? As therapists, Todd and I know how painful emotional struggles can be. From anxiety and low self-esteem to relationship conflict and self-doubt, painful patterns of thought and emotion are brutal to live with and tragic in how they sabotage our goals and aspirations. And while we hope this podcast is a helpful starting point, there's no substitute for working one-on-one with a professional therapist. BetterHelp is the easiest way to find a great therapist who's great for you. When you sign into their secure online platform, they'll assess your specific needs and match you up with a licensed professional therapist so you can get started in as quickly as 48 hours. And with a network of over 20,000 professional therapists, it's available to anyone worldwide. You can log into your account anytime to message your therapist or schedule weekly video or phone sessions. Visit betterhelp.com backslash what would my shrink say to get started right away. And as listeners of the show, you'll get 10% off your first month when you sign up using our link, betterhelp.com backslash what would my shrink say, which you can also find in the show notes. Once again, our thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring the show. Exactly. Like I, I think I see this so often that when, basically when you, you, when you chronically use other people to feel better, they're going to start to feel used. <laughs> like that's what happened. And they're going to build up resentment and frustrations and kind of an inauthentic way, like you said, of responding to you. And if that goes on long enough, it's really going to impact the quality of your, your relationship. 
So that's why yeah. I like this language of like, out, you're, when you reassurance seek, you're outsourcing emotional labor to, onto someone else. And if mm-hmm. you're constantly doing that, at the end of the day, it's not fair, right? Yeah. Ideally, they would be assertive until you knock that shit off. Like we're not doing that. But probably <laughs> what's going to happen is they're going to feel bad about not helping you out and they're going to continue to do it anyway. But their resentment is going to grow and grow and fester and get bigger and bigger. And you're going to wake up one day and there's this huge like intimacy gap and like a gulf and mound of like resentment between you. And like, wh- where did this come from? What is it? Well, mm-hmm. it came from years of reassurance seeking and enabling on the other person's part. So this can not mm-hmm. to, I don't want to sound overly dramatic here, but this can really turn into a gnarly habit with lots of pretty bad second and third order effects in the long term. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's no, I agree. really important to look carefully at this. Yeah. And, 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 it, and it's, it's, it can, it can be challenged because that, that certainty, uh, that need for that, that security, um, being met through other people. Yeah. There's ripple effects everywhere for that. And, and, um, it's brutal. It, it, it's a, it's a hard thing. I think sometimes for people who feel that insecure, how do they sit with that and, and let that moment kind of go and pass and, and get reassurance through other means other than, asking other people to provide it for them. Yeah. You know, is this an okay decision? Um, I see this a lot in anxiety when people are really, you know, the the problem is that when you rely on this reassurance, as as you mentioned, as a sole form of of your well-being, um, self-confidence doesn't get developed. Right. Right. The the natural kind of history of you handling situations and choosing those and making decisions and, and, um, dealing with consequences is kind of erased because you must have the reassurance above all. And yeah, that's if, really what you're after rather than a, you know, how do I become competent and, and, and secure on exactly. my own? Yeah. Which like any kind of skill development, whether you're like learning to play the piano or speak a new language or shoot free throws or I don't know, like anything it requires okay, there's this hard thing I'm not very comfortable with, but I'm going to take it right. slow and small. I'm going to try, I'm going to practice a little bit. It's going to be uncomfortable, but I'm going to stick with it. And if I practice enough, I get a little stronger. Once I start to get a little stronger, then I bump it up to like a, another like level of challenge. And I practice mm-hmm. and I practice and I practice and my competence and confidence grows. And once it reaches a certain point, then I bump it up a little bit more. So this is, yeah. you can do this exact same thing with reassurance seeking. Try to identify, this is how I approach it find some areas where you tend to ask for reassurance that are relatively minor. Like you feel a little bit of anxiety and it's just your gut reaction is like, Oh, just call a friend Mm -hmm. or ask my partner or whatever it is. Start on that level, those relatively small things and practice. See, like set a timer on your phone for five minutes and say, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to do after five minutes, but for five minutes, I'm just going to, I'm going to sit with this anxiety and be willing to be a little bit anxious for five minutes. Right. You're that's Mm -hmm. literally building up this tolerance. And once you can, once you've done that, several times your, your ability and your confidence and comfort with that is going to go up. And so you're going to be able to take another, a slightly more intense form of like craving for reassurance and apply the same thing. And as you start to do that, you're going to undo this habit of low self-confidence when it comes to handling your own anxiety and outsourcing it to other people. So that's, I don't know, that that's how I would, it's not a very like sexy or glamorous <laughs> approach, but I, I think it's the old, like, like, how else do you get good at doing hard things? <laughs> well, you break it down into small pieces and you practice and tolerate the discomfort until you get a little bit better and then you slowly move up. Like that's, that's the yeah. formula for everything, right? 
Yeah, to, to get really specific, maybe and fit a, a more explicit example into what you're saying, um, where I see this a lot is conflict and where a partner, you know, is, is totally in distress when they feel like their other, when they feel like their partner might be upset with them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the idea that their partner is upset with them is just so insecure. You know, it really conjures up a lot of scary kind of, um, kind of, they're going to leave me, what's going to happen. And so the pull there is to get that reassurance. Hey, are you okay? You love me still, right? Or, 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 are, you, right. are you not mad at me? Are you mad at me? Um, and so I often try to point at this area for my clients to start playing in. Can I allow my, my partner to have their own emotions and me not try to fix that, manage it? And, and like you said, I would start small, you know, when they say, oh, I, this coffee's awful this morning, you know, to go, oh, I'm sorry. And then to walk off and go, oh, you know, I made the coffee and maybe they don't like it. And, oh, and, you know, and to kind of tolerate the fact that like, oh, yeah, my, my partner isn't happy with this thing right now. And to be very aware of it, you know, and to practice being okay with a negative emotion being experienced by their partner and then stepping up from there so that when you are in conflict, um, you're not so um, desperate for resolution um, that you'll say anything to get it. And then later realize, Oh no, what did I agree to in order to have my partner not mad at me, you know, or to get that security I needed in that moment. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.